Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. Bottom line is uh, we were at a preseason level of work ethic and a preseason level of execution, all of us. And- you think? Holy smokes! What did we just watch? That was a good old-fashioned butt whooping. And on the lid lifter, no less. First game of the regular season. You sure you want preseason to be over? Apparently the Oilers wanted nine preseason games. Wow. We're going to have fun breaking this one down tonight, folks. Jason Strudwick standing by. Welcome to Got Your Back, Y-E-G. As always, brought to you by our title sponsors, Sherwood Buick GMC. And they are having a model year-end blowout Friday the 13th. You can join the crew at Sherwood Buick GMC for exclusive one-day-only offers and your chance to win tickets to the Heritage Classic game, the Oilers and the Flames. Mention that got your back sent you and you'll receive specialized pricing and you'll also get three free ultimate detail packages on a new vehicle so uh, go see phil and the crew in sherwood park or online at gmcpod.com coming to you from the long shot studio here in sherwood park all game days happy hour specials all day long five dollar long shots lager you would have needed about 15 of them to get through that mess locations in sherwood park and on Stony Plain Road, we kept the people waiting, Strud, so we apologize for those waiting on the live stream, but we've got it fixed, and our fix is Struddy's on camera, but also on the telephone. Struddy, give us a one-two-one-two. One, two. Can you hear me, pal? One-two-one-two, one, two, checking in. What's up? What's going on? Okay, that's going to have to do. Uh, listen, sometimes you got to just roll with the, the technical issues. Uh, boy, oh boy, man, Struddy. I don't know if you were ever part of something like that. We're going to get to breaking it all down here in just a minute, but uh, that that was just brutal. You know, so funny. You come into town, you get skating early, you get all ready to go, practice <laughs> skates for a month, all this preseason stuff, and then just, boom, like, we'll break it down, but tell me, what are those players feeling right now? So you, you have to get on, you have to walk off out of there just getting spanked, and then you got to get home. Uh, fly home a long flight you're gonna get home really late and then the worst part is they don't play for a number of days right you you want to play Darnell Nurse said it after you want to play right away just go line it up and go again and play right away it is a complete nightmare um so that is just a, it is for a team that has high aspirations and I know you don't win the Stanley Cup in game one but man is that ever a wake-up call after 60 minutes just an absolute face punch. Let's get to the breakdown brought to you by Adrenaline Diesel. They specialize in heavy-duty truck and trailer repair, performance tuning, parts, and sales. They have seven gigantic bays, and there's not much they can't figure out for you. Marty and his crew have extremely high standards. They will leave your truck in great shape like it's right out of the factory. Check them out at AdrenalineDiesel.ca. We are live streaming tonight. 
in our Ask Us Anything segment. We're going to get to lots of your comments. Uh, we've got a busy stream happening tonight. A lot of frustrated people. I see a lot of people wanting to blame me for Jack Campbell, which I'm sure we'll get into yeah. that. Uh, far <laughs> from the biggest issue on this night. Uh, but Strud's let's break this down where I think it needs to start. And that is work ethic. And Jay Woodcroft, uh, as we heard in the Weiss Johnson soundbox, really made it crystal clear. His team did not work hard enough tonight. They didn't show up ready to battle the way you need to battle in the regular season. And they were flat out embarrassed. That is an embarrassing result. There is no other word that can describe that game tonight. You know, going through preseason, I talked about, you know, they got to kind of raise their game and you got to start pushing it a bit. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not going to say I predicted this outcome, but there is a level of kind of just going and buzzing you need to have. And I'm not sure they really ever hit that level uh, in the preseason. So, you know, I was going to take a big step going into there. You think about Vancouver's situation. They've had some horrendous starts in recent years. Uh, they're a team that has a lot of question marks throughout their lineup um, about, you know, can this guy do this? Can he do that? Are the D-men going to hold up? Can Demko play a whole season? Like all, all these different things are going on. A new captain, uh, not to mention that. Uh, so they would have been jacked up and ready to play. And the orders were not ready to go uh, from the get-go. Uh, it's, it, it is a very tough lesson. Uh, one that is going to be, like I said, it's going to haunt them for a few days. But I don't remember a, a first game of the year starting like this in, in, in quite a while for really any team. It could be their worst game of the year in the first game. <laughs> in the first game, 91. I think they lost 9-2 against the Calgary Flames. Let's get to the Weiss Johnson sound box. Here is the captain. You get ready for the next one. That's uh, what we're going to do. Obviously, you like to learn from uh, some of the breakdowns and uh, get ready for the next one. What do you think led to the primary struggle in your own zone tonight? Ooh, lots. Um, yeah, lots of things went wrong. Yeah, Darnell Nurse didn't have a whole lot else to say. Here's his breakdown. Simply just wasn't good enough throughout, uh, throughout the full game. They brought a higher level of compete. Um or able to convert on their, their chances that they had. So just uh, not good enough. Definitely not good enough. So both of those guys, uh, yeah, dancing around it a little bit. Uh, here's Jay Woodcroft, very blunt about what we just talked about, Struds, and that was work ethic. Jay Woodcroft in the Weiss Johnson Soundbox. Bottom line is uh, we were at a preseason level of work ethic and a preseason level of execution, all of us. And um, we got a lesson in regular season work ethic and regular season battle level. And we were not good enough tonight to a man, every single one of us, not good enough. Turnovers, scoring chances off of turnovers. This according to sport logic, 11 to one for the Vancouver Canucks tonight at all strengths. Struds to me, first of all, that speaks to the number of pucks that they were turning over. Uh, but it also speaks to battle level and work ethic when you get that many chances off of turning pucks over. They just, the orders just did not handle the pressure well. And I mean, no better example than Evan Bouchard on that 2 nothing goal. Skates into the corner and basically lets somebody else have the puck because he wasn't willing to dig in hard enough. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate. I, I can't be able to use this clipping. I, I promised myself I never would, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. Or this this same. You know, I think that the, the orders were guilty of reading their own press clippings before mm -hmm. the season even started. You know, and, and 
that's a hard one. That's a hard one to say. I haven't played a game yet. And, you know, that's what it looked like, right? I can only judge on what I'm seeing, uh, you know, on what I saw. Um, but as a defense note, I saw on both ends of the ice where the Canucks were inside the Oilers. If, they were, if it was in their end, they were between Thatcher Demko and the Oiler player. It was very hard for the to get to the net. And on the other side, um, you know, the Canucks, for the most part, were inside the Oilers defenseman next to Campbell or Skinner or uh, whichever guy was in there at that time. And, you know, that's that's a will. That's not a skill. That's a will to get in there and get inside there or to compete to keep that guy, uh, that person away from the net. Um, you know, you talk about the, the, the Bouchard one there, you know, and not to, to single him out because there was others. But he goes back and he kind of has control of the puck. Um and just gets pushed off the puck. And then it goes to another player. I think it was, uh, was that uh, Giuseppe or Giuseppe? And, you know, Connor McDavid is a half step behind. So that player, no, it was TJ Miller or JT Miller. So JT Miller gets it. He passes it up now to, I believe, Besser. Besser who taps it in. And then it was just a half step behind, right? Nerf half step getting out to the shooter. Connor half step out to the passer. And Bouchard not ready for that, what was going to be an impact play. So that's a really, it's it's just, you know, for a group that had talked so much about being better in their own zone and paying attention to those details, they weren't paid attention to tonight. And that's that's a harsh wake-up call in game one. Jeff Domer says, can Struddy lend Bouchard his spine for the season? Chaos never died, <laughs> says Bouchard, weak against the forecheck. Dude yeah. is way too soft. He's going to get slaughtered all year. This is what we're not going to do. As hosts and an analyst on this podcast, we're not going to overreact and prognosticate this kind of thing as a regularity over the season. This is a one-off. This is still a very good team, and this is a one-off. So we're going to acknowledge that, but we're going to rip into them because it was just that bad. So people that are concerned that this is the way the season is going to go, that's just night one jitters. Struds and I aren't going to partake in that, but this was bad here tonight. Struds, let's get to the goaltending. They decide to go with Jack Campbell. I think it was the right decision based on the way he played in the preseason. I thought he won the job. Uh, Yes, he got pulled, but I don't think he got pulled because he let in bad goals. I think the game was getting out of hand. The coach was trying to change something up. Skinner, I don't think was much of a problem either. I don't think this was about the goaltenders not making saves when they needed to. Now, you can't let in that many goals. You got to find a way. But the goaltending to me is way down on the list of problems tonight. Now, is that just convenient talk from a guy who stuck his neck out on Campbell? Or do you agree with that as a guy who could pounce yeah. right now if you wanted to? No, I'm not going to be that guy. You know, I I, um, I would agree with your assessment. I, I believe that Campbell, um, you know, he was under pressure. And, and a lot of those goals were, you know, backdoor tap-ins or, 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 or soft plays uh, defensively. Um, you know, I think I'm thinking of, I think it was a second or third goal. He just rips it far side shelf. Like that was just a great shot. Um, there, it, it's hard to evaluate goaltending when the team in front of them uh, isn't competing. You know, for the most part, they were close to the right spots, but they weren't competing for those spots as I outlined earlier. So, no, the goaltending for me, I honestly, uh, for, for debate for the next game, I'm probably starting Skinner, but honestly, I, I you go either way. It's, it's not even on my mind about that. There's so many other things that have to be um, cranked up in intensity um, and before you can really evaluate the goaltenders on a fair level. Yeah, no question in my mind, you go with Stuart Skinner next game, right? This was Jack Campbell's start, didn't go well, wasn't necessarily his fault. Bounce back to the other guy, you give Skinner a chance. I think it needs to be, the standard needs to be play well and win and you get to stay in. 
all things being equal as far as rest goes. I think that signifies a healthy competition between them. But uh, yeah, I would get Stuart Skinner in there to start next game. We'll see what Jay Woodcroft uh, ends up doing. Uh, I don't know, buddy, what else you want to chew on? Like, I know in Struddy's world, you're going to talk a little bit about the Nurse and Bouchard pairing. The penalty kill was a bit of a concern here, I think, on this night too, right? It's something that the owners want to improve. Uh, wasn't great tonight. What did the Canucks have? Three power play goals, I think. And uh, just a night where, yeah, it was porous. They were taking bad penalties and and the penalty kill was porous. It was a tough night on the PK. And, you know, now, you know, we'd heard Jay talk about wanting to improve the penalty kill and how, you know, well, there were some nights where it really hurt us. Well, this, this hurts you. You give up three goals on six. It takes a while to get that down to where you want to be, you know, and so you can call it 50%, but three out of six, you got to get a, quite a few kills before that comes down again. And there's no guarantee it is going to come down. But we saw different players in there. You know, we saw um, Brown. We saw uh, Yanmark. We saw Ryan. We saw Nuge. We saw Connor. We saw Leon. We saw a lot of different people kind of get their beak wet out there. Now, maybe that's a bit of a, a function of where they're at with the roster, having only 11 forwards. But um, I would like to see a little bit of continuity out there and try to have first two, second two. You know, I think first two should be Nuge and Connor, Brown. And then the second two, probably Yanmark, and then yeah. yeah, and then then I'm not sure who is it. Ryan is it? I mean Connor, Leon. I'm not. I'm not sure. But um, you know, it's it just just not you know just a half step behind. Not always in the shooting lane. Um, and one thing that is one of my pet peeves is sticks in the air, right? Sticks on the ground. How many? You know, I thought let's, let's talk about the Canucks action for a second. I thought they did a really good job on their PK. Um, I thought that, you know, especially with Teddy Bluger out of the lineup uh, and Carson Susie, who were supposed to be two of their better defenders um, in their own zone, they, they had their sticks on the ice and there was, especially early, they were knocking down passes, right? Or, or getting into the way of passes and, and um, making it difficult for the orders to set up uh, at times. They still had some good looks, but it is a good po- uh, power play in the start. Eight shots on goal for Brock Besser. Four goals. He's shooting 50% on the season here. Uh, pretty pretty good performance. Really impressive from Brock Besser. And frankly, a lot of the Canucks. I thought that Pedersen looked really strong, powerful. I thought he made intelligent plays. Get this guy signed because if this is any indication, uh, he is not going to be a wallflower this season. This guy is going to back up everything that people think about him. Real solid night for him. He had four points, a goal and three. Quinn Hughes with three assists. JT Miller, three assists. Boy, it was a great stats night uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, well, let's just talk about that for a second. And I sort of yeah. jump over top of you. No, go ahead. The Canucks' best players were their best players. And they came out and played like it, right? You know, Leon, I thought Leon quite often was – going through the neutral zone and trying to do these long cross-ice passes through multiple Canuck players. Sometimes it would get there, but even if it would get there, that guy would be by himself, and he had nowhere to go. So they were, the Canucks were pressing up and, and taking taking that player out of the play or taking the puck away. Um, you know, I didn't think Leon was guy. I thought Connor came out. He had a great hit right away. I'm like, okay, here we go. This guy's going to set the tone. And he was okay. Nugent Hopkins, I didn't think he brought, you know, he had his best game. Kane, I'm not sure he had his best game. Hyman didn't have his best game. So the Oilers' best players weren't to the level of the Canucks' best players, and those players feasted on the Oilers' uh, top guys. Going to go back to the Weiss Johnson soundbox here. We'll remind you until October 15th if you install a new garage heater and an air conditioner. So go both at the same time. 
and you'll get 800 bucks off the total bill. So enjoy the luxury of air conditioning at this year's pricing and beat the rush on getting your garage heater installed. Visit Weiss-Johnson.com. Jingle. So uh, Connor McDavid wasn't thrilled after the game. He was asked about the Canucks rolling out their number one power play at 6-1, and he wasn't happy about that. He also expressed a bit of sort of befuddlement at them putting in their backup goalie late in the game. Now, we have since learned that Demko, I guess, was fighting something and wasn't feeling well, and that's when they made the switch. So McDavid didn't know that when he made his post-game comments. But I did pull the part of the clip here, Struds. It may be, I don't know, this is a little bit of motivation as if an 8-1 ass-kicking isn't enough motivation for Saturday night. But listen to McDavid talking about <laughs> the number one power play unit being on the ice at 6-1. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're all at the first power play unit. Um not ideal but um not our uh never situation want to be in and you know obviously uh we don't like that i'm sure the canucks didn't like uh the Oilers skill players you know throwing cross checks at will and making undisciplined slashes and those sorts of things i, I thought they were really undisciplined and i know that the game was out of hand and they were frustrated but so far we have seen the oilers struggle to rein their discipline in and i know it was just preseason before and it's one game where you're losing badly. But I don't like this tendency that we're seeing. And quite frankly, I kind of don't really blame the Canucks. It's like, if you're going to be wasting ones on us like that. And the Oilers were just wasting ones on them. Just silly cross checks. Just taking liberties with guys. Roll the top unit out there all night long as far as I'm concerned. So let's look at who their head coach is, Rick Tockett. This is not someone who's not familiar with the gamesmanship of the game. He knows very well what he was doing. That wasn't an oversight. I'd be blown away if he didn't know, oh, it's 6-1, I'm putting my first power play unit out there. Uh, Adam Foote is also on the bench there. There was a lot of veteran NHL people have been around the league for a long time, and they knew what they were doing. Make no doubt. I, my eyebrows raised. I'm like, oh, really? They're putting that group out there. So they were sending a message. They're like, we don't care. That's what he's saying. We don't care. We're coming out, and we're going to try to score on you. We're going to try to make you have a bad night, a worse, or make a bad night worse. Um, so come and get us. And uh, you want to come and run around? No problem. We'll keep on our top unit out there trying to score on you. And if I'm the orders, I'm pissed off. I'm really, really pissed sure. off about that. I'm pissed off with the way I played. Everything's pissing me off. And I cannot wait to play Saturday and show everybody that we're better. Um, because now you've given the Canucks a little life, right? They're like, holy geez, everyone's talking about the orders. Like, you don't think before the game, Rick Tockett or someone, maybe one of the players mentioned, like, hey, guys, they're like, whatever. The orders are the, one of the top five teams to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, odds, odds wise, uh, no one's, no one's given us the chance to win the playoffs or to get the playoffs. So they came out and they send a message to the Oilers and quite frankly, to the rest of the league. Now it doesn't mean they're going to run the table and win the Stanley cup, but they made a statement. And when your team had struggled early the last few years, a statement feels pretty good. I think it has to do with the type of penalties that the Oilers had started taking too. I think it matters if they're, you know, little rinky dinky things that aren't a big deal, but the Oilers were frustrated in playing as such. They did throw out, some third and fourth line players at seven one, I believe for that power play, I think. And that was even after a uh, Leon Dreisaitl slash. So they did back off a little bit later on in the game, but clearly got the right. owner's attention making the decision they did at six to one. They have some decisions to make about what comes next. And Dylan Holloway's status is going to factor into that 
I didn't like that look at all. And after the game, Jay Woodcroft credited Dylan Holloway for putting his body on the line and blocking a shot. We saw Ryan Nugent Hopkins do this earlier in his career, block a shot with a hand. It looked to me like he was looking at his hand as he was walking off the bench. We know he's had issues there before. Uh, Don't want to speculate. Jay Woodcroft said he didn't have an update, but he did not come back, and that didn't look good, Struds. It's 7-1, I believe, at that time. And, and whatever, whether it's 6-1 or 8-1, doesn't really matter. To go and put yourself on the line at that moment, rookie mistake. You don't need to do that. You get in front with your body, and you let the equipment stop it. So if, if you – I went back to watch it a few times. He placed his hand. So his hand was out there, and it hit his open hand, I believe. So I'm guessing it's a left-hand injury at some level. Mm. There's no need. There is no need for it. If it's game seven – you put anything you can out there to knock that puck down. But at that moment, I, I didn't like it at all. You get lined up and you let your chest protector, your shin pads, whatever, your pants make it. If it goes by you, who cares? And, and I actually disagree with what Jay said. Jay called it a real positive play that he was putting his body on the line. I disagree. You don't, you, why are you putting your body on the line for that moment? Like it, it just doesn't, it, there's no reason for it. And now, you know, again, guessing, but if there's something wrong, you didn't come back. Uh, I've, not many rookies don't come back if they're not injured, right? They're going to be like, well, oh, I'll just keep me out for precautionary reasons. So that line was the best. That was the best line the owners had. Fogel, McLeod, Holloway, I thought they were doing a lot of good things. They had some chances. Um, you know, they seemed to tilt when they were out there. Um, so bad, bad, bad play, like rookie mistake. You do not need to place your hand out to try to block a shot at that moment in this game, in game one. I like that line, too. I thought the energy was good. Uh, now, there was some young moments for Dylan Holloway in the second period, and I was interested to see which way it was going to go. Came out in early in the second period out of shift where he wasn't great, kind of threw a couple of pucks away, eh, just sort of meandered off the ice, and it wasn't a great look, then hopped over the boards and took a penalty that ended up leading to the 4 nothing goal. I wondered at that moment, ooh, that's going to be a frustrating sequence. Jay Woodcroft went back to them and they remained energetic. I thought, uh, you know, there were a couple of times where they put that line on the ice and they they tilted the ice. And we talked before about the Oilers needing to have a line that has a bit of an identity. And we saw some early signs of that. That's as far as I'm going to take anything positive tonight. Like I'm just going to shut it down right there because there doesn't (laughs) need to be anything positive said about this night. Small little glimmer there. Oh, take a, take a dump on that because Holloway got hurt and we're not sure exactly how long he's going to be out for. So how do you recover from this? Struds, you've been in the league. You know what this feels like. Uh, We're going to pick your brain on what comes next. That's coming up in our takeaways segments. We're going to get to you. Lots of great comments coming in here on the stream. Uh, Shogger should try to get Radio Shack as a sponsor so they can get Struds some headphones. Uh, That coming in from Neil. Thank you, Neil. Uh, Lots more to come on the podcast. Very short break. And then we'll look forward. How do you push past this coming up? Hey everyone, it's Kelly here from United Sport and Cycle. The wait is over. United's annual Hockey Day sale is finally here. Save 20% off on select CCM and Bauer skates. Save 35% off on all Bauer and CCM Pro Stock sticks. And save up to 25% off on select Bauer and CCM equipment. And for you goalies, save up to 20% off select Bauer, Warrior and CCM goal gear. Trust the experts at your home of hockey for over 95 years. United Sport and Cycle. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? 
Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. All right, time for takeaways. Brought to you by Martin Motorsports, your one-stop marine and recreation shop. Got a text from Chris at Martin Motorsports tonight. He was watching the game. He was a little concerned, like many of the Oiler fans on the stream right now. Martin Motorsports shares your concerns after night one, Oiler fans. Uh, October 13th and 14th is the sled show at the Edmonton Expo Center. So you can see the 2024 sled lineup, the Widescape stand-up snowmobile, and get the best deals on sledding gear and accessories. So go on down to shop current clearance styles, uh, mono suits, jackets, bibs, gloves, boots, helmets, goggles, and more. Oh, winter's coming, and Martin Motorsports has you covered. Visit martinmotorsports.ca for more. That is October 13th and 14th, the sled show at the Edmonton Expo Center. Strud's appearance on the podcast, telephone and all, brought to you by Kin Print. High-quality apparel, promotional products to take your brand to the next level. Visit kinprint.ca. Maybe they'll do some Kin Print-labeled headphones and microphones that we can uh, put in place. Would make some sense. We need quality. Uh, okay, Strud's, we got to focus on what comes next, right? We just beat it to death. Uh, the performance and deservedly so but they do need to pick themselves up so what happens on the plane ride tonight what's the mood and then what are the steps you take tomorrow morning from a player standpoint well you're very embarrassed and you're pissed off the whole way like there should be no joy uh anywhere on the bus ride the plane ride or the or the the car ride home um then you're gonna get back on uh wake up tomorrow morning realize that you embarrassed yourselves uh the, the, the previous night and that you have to be better. So how do you get better? Well, I'm sure Jay will, will have a few clips he's going to show. But the guys know that this isn't a group of 20-year-olds. Right? This isn't um, a young group of players. They know that they have to find another level. And so you come back and you, you practice like that. You think like that. Um, you get yourself motivated and, and going. Not that they weren't motivated, but get yourself organized and prepared to play like you need to play Saturday night. And uh, it's brutal. They have to wait that long. This is a sick, sick feeling that you have uh, waiting for this. But make no mistake about these practices. I would have a lot of compete drills in these practices if I was Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, a couple of days between games, I think, gives you the luxury of, I mean, I think we're past the days of the brutal bag skates and burning everybody's oh, legs. And no, that, but I think it just no. becomes about trying to extract the compete level from them in practice that they failed to provide during the game. And I think it's okay to send, to send that message overreacting. I don't think is necessary either. Right. I think you, you, to a certain degree, I think it's probably smart to see what the group does in its next game, allow them the chance to auto correct. I would not consider some sort of shake up. I wouldn't touch my top two lines. I wouldn't muck around with my pairings. Their hope is they'll get Ekholm back, and you cannot get that guy back in the lineup fast enough. But Struddy, and we'll talk about Holloway in a minute and options, but my instinct is no major shakeup in the top two lines or the top two pairings, and steady as she goes, re-rack it, and let them fix this. What do you think? Is that an underreaction? 
No, I think that's very fair. Let's first start the coach's reaction. There's only so many times during the, a year, and even a coach's time with a team, that you can really let the guys have it, right? Where you can just explode. I don't think you need to use that after game one, right? I think you can say, guys, we know that wasn't good enough, and kind of go through a, a calm but stern talk about what was happening. Because the guys know. They know. So now you're looking ahead and you're saying, guys, we're going to keep this. Everything's going to be the same. We're going to start maybe a different goalie, but everyone's going to stay the same because we're going to wipe this slate clean and we're all better than we showed tonight. We're all better than it. Uh, and they know it. They'll, the guys know it. They know where they're at. Um, so I really think that any kind of major change would just look like panic. And as a, the leader of this group, Jay doesn't need to show panic after 60 minutes of play. I agree. Uh, Jay Woodcroft asked, asked by Mark Spector, uh, who was in Vancouver, if this can be somewhat of a learning moment, kind of a coach's tool when you have a game go this bad. Uh, can a game like this be a good coaching tool? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. You know what? Uh, in the end, like I said, there's a lot of things wrong with what we just saw out there. You saw it. Our players saw it. The coaches saw it. Our managers saw it. Not good enough. Not good enough. And um, we have better. We know it. Uh, we laid an egg, get a chance to work at our game and get another crack at this team on Saturday. And what now for Connor McDavid? To drive some points home from a night like well, this? Like I said, yeah, like I said, I mean, we obviously want to learn from it. Um, we want to you know, see where things went wrong and learn from it, like I said, and, and, uh, and get ready to go again. You know, play Saturday. Um, excited to play at home. Um, excited to play these guys again. Another opportunity to redeem ourselves. Generally speaking, the Oilers are usually pretty good in their opening game of their season. Uh, they have been under McDavid anyways. Uh, there was a comeback here uh, against the Canucks. So uh, uncharacteristic this, uh, this season opener for them. Struds, let's talk about options if Dylan Holloway is not around. Uh, Adam Ernie is still in town, still on the PTO. Uh, there might have been a rich winter sighting in and around the rink the other day as well. So I would assume there's been communication between him and the team. Bit of a wait-and-see scenario, right? Where are you going to lose Lavoie on waivers? Wait and see. Are there going to be any injuries? Wait and see. Left winger potentially just got hurt. and That could ring the opportunity bell for Ernie. Oh, 100%. And I, I, I said it earlier. I, I just don't think he's hanging around because it's just out of goodwill, right? Like, I think there's got to be... Not a, not a secret handshake deal, but I, I just feel he's got to have a sense that there's going to be something forthcoming for him as far as the contract. I just don't know why you, you stick around. Well, because um, there's nowhere else to go, and so you're waiting for an injury. I mean, that would be why, right? If there was a contract yeah. somewhere else, but yeah. he'd be on a plane or a train or a Greyhound oh. or something. We don't know. No, and I, like, I, I, yeah, I have a hard time believing he had turned down a contract from another team. But I just I think there had to been a talk like, hey, is this heading towards the contract here? Like, is there yeah. a chance I'm getting a deal? I just can't believe he would be like just staying here out of goodwill to fill a jersey in practice because they're they're a player short. So I, you know, Holly was playing really well, and I was only one game, but we liked what we saw in preseason, or I did, and I think most people did. Um, let's see, let's say there is some kind of an injury of, of two, four, three, whatever it is, a couple of days of two, whatever. They got to figure something else out. So the cap logistics would probably get a little shaky. I don't know exactly how that would work. So I'll just interrupt you quick. If they, if Niemelainen is yeah. healthy and gets assigned, they can get a deal done uh, with Ernie. Right. Well, that's if, if, if he's back. But if, 
if he's not back, like, I, let's just assume there's space. I think you sign Adam Ernie, right? Unless you have somebody else you're really passionate about. Um, he's a veteran and come in and play, but it creates a problem on that third line, right? So is it Janmark that goes up there? Probably. And then Ernie and uh, Ryan are your extra guys. Um, but it's it's not the same without Holloway there, right? And that's, I can't believe we're saying that after one game, but I think that he, he showed quite a bit today, I thought. He showed quite a bit, and I wanted to see more from him moving forward. Yeah, and, and listen, I see a lot of Raphael or some of Raphael Lavoie's name here on the stream. Uh, I can guarantee you that if the head coach has a vote, the way to a better performance next game is not replacing Holloway with a guy playing his first NHL game. So I think if you're the head coach, you want a veteran, a guy who's been around the league and understands it in Adam Ernie mm. to put in and give some minutes to. There will be a time and a place for Raphael Lavoie to, to get his shot. I'm not sure that it's on Saturday after this performance. Now, the cap might indicate differently. They may not have that mm. choice. But given the choice, I think they would probably defer. Uh, you going to Skinner? I think we said before I would go back I would go to Stuart Skinner, just give him the start and see if he can get a better result there. Again, I'm not going to blame either of the goaltenders in this situation, but what do you think? Yeah, no, I'm going back. I'm going, I'm going with Skinner. And again, it's not because I think Campbell played bad. I'll just stick to what I believed. You know, I, I, I said Skinner Campbell instead. It's going to be Campbell Skinner. And I, I, that's not a hill I'm willing to die on, you know, as, as far as was it the right or wrong call. Um, but I think you put Skinner in the pipes on Saturday and say, buddy, go and have a good game, right? And then uh, hopefully that does happen and, and the team in front of them. Um, I, I don't see this so much as a learning opportunity for the older skaters. I see it as a, a, an option or an opportunity that grabs their attention because I'm not sure that their attention after watching this game was 100% focused on what they needed to do. You can get it as early as you want. You can have a good training camp, but the pace just wasn't there. So I think it grabs their attention. I think in some ways we might be looking back in a month and saying probably the best thing could happen was a, a real ass kicking day one. Real good slap across the face. Uh, some people agreeing with you on the stream that uh, the orders are perhaps reading their own press clippings. Uh, Neil Garrity says, Ernie looks like a fourth liner with experience. I think he's the best option we have right now. Uh, hey, Steve. I noticed a bunch of like little happy faces and hearts and stuff floating up the screen there on the chat. What is that? What's yeah, happening I, there? I haven't seen that before. I think it's a new feature. So people are clicking the uh, heart down there and it's great. So when I see hearts, that means people like what we're saying. Yeah. Is there a way for them to indicate that they don't like? Like, is there a middle <laughs> finger emoji or something that'll go floating up? Or Let me see what I can find. I just... Is that good for the podcast when those things are happening? <laughs> I'm new to this. I'm new nope. to this live streaming thing. There's uh, five things. There's the 100%, like they agree. Okay. There's the sort of shocked face. Oh, I there's see the... some shocked faces. Okay. Yeah, there's the celebrate emoji. Right. Um, big smiley face. It looks like someone's laughing. And then, uh, yeah, the heart. Is it good for our algorithm if people are doing that? Go ahead and keep doing it, people. It can't be bad because it, it looks really cool. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. It looks like I think DC is the one going crazy on it. But yes, thank you. <laughs> pound on that like but love button. Uh, pound on that. There's a sound bite for you. What? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. I'm blushing. Oh, I'm blushing. Okay. Uh, that was. The takeaway is brought to you by Martin Motorsports. Uh, still lots to come on the podcast, including Stroudy's World next. And we are going to get to the stream where the uh, 
the hearts and the smiley faces and the surprise, lots of surprise faces now that I've said that are flowing. A lot still to come on the podcast. Very short break, and we'll keep trucking along as long as our crap keeps working. Okay, heroes, are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now? Trying to prove your mettle by grinding through, gritting your teeth? Well, Redefined Health is here to say it's time to come on in. At Redefined Health, they'll high-five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit RedefinedHealth.com. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z.ca. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. Just me and Nick Lachey, window down, shirt off, just loving it. My goal is someday made before scum. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Ah, oh, yes, tis time for Strutty's World, cell phone edition. Brought to you by Pathfind. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Ones who show up at work on time with their equipment working. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to take your business to the next level. They can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered for your organization's path forward. Check out pathfind.ca, a great local company that we are proud to be partnered with here on the podcast. Struds, what's on your mind tonight? It's a relationship between Bouchard and uh, Nurse. You know, I saw a lot of comments. I was getting texts a lot about it saying, you know, is it time to move away from Nurse and Bouchard after 30 minutes or 60 minutes, which to me seems a little bit quick to go. I would really like to see this uh, partnership work out. I think there's an opportunity for it to work out. I think it would help kind of set up the rest of the of the, of the group. But, you know, when, when I watched the game today, it looked like they weren't connected. And, you know, there was, we talked a little bit about the one where Bouchard goes behind the net and kind of gets pushed off the puck. You know, I, I don't love it, but it's going to happen. But the, the connected part I saw between Nurse and, and Bouchard that was difficult was on did he passes behind the net. There was two different situations, specifically in the first period, where Nurse, I believe, was trying to go D to D to Bouchard. And Bouchard just stepped off the wall uh, behind his net and let the puck ring around him. You know, it's, it's pretty rare to have that type of play happen because it wasn't like it was a missile that he passed around. I think it was one that he could have picked up. Um, if it was, I apologize. But just it just seemed like they were on a different page. And that takes time. So for Oilers fans, I know it's frustrating. You have these two guys that, you know, you have high expectations for, especially when you look at the contract for now, well, one of them, and the other one is probably going to get in a couple of years. But you can't just fold the tents after 60 minutes. Give them a chance. To, to work it out, I would like to see the, the 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 coaches sit down with these two guys and show them a couple of these clips and say, "Hey, look, this is what we saw here. This is what happened here." Um, can they both be better? Sure, but the whole team can be better. Everyone can be better. Uh, I think we'll leave the goalies on the side, but for Bouchard and Nurse, they need a little bit of time together with real competition, not fifty percent AHL teams like they mostly saw through preseason shocker. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it's a good point. You're preaching patience, and that's not something that comes easily to Oilers fans after an 8-1 loss, for sure, and understandably so. What I'd say is that they don't really have much of a choice right now. I mean, I guess you could go back to Nurse and CeCe if you wanted. You can go Kulak and, and Bouchard if you wanted. Where I think this experiment is really going to truly be tested because it hasn't been yet. It's going to be tested when Matthias Ekholm is available again. And you got that old fallback pairing of Ekholm and Bouchard. So good, Ekholm. So steadying Bouchard. Best hockey of his life was skating next to Matthias Ekholm. Team was fantastic. He was fantastic. Point production was amazing. Looked steady in his own end. Was a new player the second that guy arrived. Bouchard gets a lot of credit for that, but so too does Ekholm. And I believe that Nurse and Bouchard together is going to be bumpy because both of them at times need a stabilizing force out there with them. And I, I don't think either of them are a guarantee to be that for one another night in, night out. So this is going to take some patience. And with that option sitting right there through the struggles, I do not predict this coaching staff will have the patience to stick to this experiment for very long. And I'm not saying they're going to be wrong, but once that home is back, Struddy, that's going to be pretty tempting if things are rough, even anywhere near what they were tonight. Well, your point's all made. I think the other part is that how is everybody else playing around them, right? So, yeah. so how is CC playing? How is DNA playing? How is Broberg playing? With or without at home, if if you know if that comes to pass again, like there's lots of things that are being worked up. They're trying to find a fourth top four defenseman. That's what they're trying to find. They're hoping to find it internally. I'm not sold that he's there right now. Um, now he could maybe grow into it. Was he going to grow into it in six months? It's I'm not sure. You know, Broberg tonight again. It's hard to evaluate a player that played. I think did he play? Did he play he even 12, 13 minutes? Well, let me was check he 16? Okay, so he played. I got it right here. Yeah, I'm, Philip Broberg, I might be wrong. 1603. Okay, it, you know he had. He, he, I thought he skated the puck pretty well a couple times. A couple times, kind of got pushed off. But again, it's. It, it, I don't want to get really bogged down on a young player and a game that's a, an absolute thrashing because no one shines. So, but I think that it's not that the, the Bouchard nurse conversation isn't exclusive to those two guys. What, even if they play amazing together, there could be a lot of things going on outside of it that they have to mix it up. Or if they're struggling, who knows? So, you know, I, both guys can be better individually, but I think collectively there's a couple of things they can do to make their, their game easier and smoother for everyone around them, including themselves. Yeah, everybody needs to be a lot better. And, and you know, this was one of those nights where Evan Bouchard really struggled and it stood out. It cost him on the scoreboard. It just his mistakes were really noticeable. Uh, he had a lot of really strong nights towards the end of last season, and he's going to be way better than this. But unfortunately for him, he was one of the ones that stood out on a night where I know they want everybody to take an equal share of the blame, but certainly it was noticeable. Uh, Evan Bouchard will figure it out. Just be interesting to see who ends up being next to him. That was Strutty's World, brought to you by Path. Fine. Okay, the stream is on fire tonight. The hearts are flowing. The chirps are flowing. <laughs> Uh, got your back midnight ecstasy extravaganza says Jeff Domer. I think that is in reference to the comment that I accidentally made a yeah. couple of minutes ago. We are definitely uh, got your back after dark right now as it's 12, 18 AM mountain time. 
Uh, match public house or sorry match eatery and public house is going to be the sponsor of our ask us anything segment if you're a fan of chicken wings hop on over to match pub ice district and tackle their five amped plates of wings featuring flavors such as what's the deal yo i like that spicy mango tango and nashville hot these are not your average wings match is located just next to rogers place in grand villa casino for more information, visit matchpub.com. Steve, bring yourself uh, bring yourself in, bud. There you are. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it, lots lots going on, man. Lots of this. Some <laughs> yeah. people are panicking. Some people are preaching caution. Yeah. Uh, some people are measured. Some people have lost it. Uh, take yeah. us through it, man. Let's rip through a whole bunch of these. Yeah, a lot of people just uh, trying to find the, uh, the humor in everything that happened tonight. A lot of comments about at home. And uh, whether his uh, value was, uh, you know, whether he's more valuable than we thought he might have been. And, uh, and I, you know, so Growler Media Group Incorporated, our buddy Zuby, oh, Zuby. he just That's can't Zuby. stay away. He Zuby, says, go uh, to you're not doing the show today because you said you needed to get some sleep. And now you're in here chirping on the screen. Well, he's go probably doing bed. it from bed. That's the only thing. Um, so he says, yeah, it's still just one game. Hopefully a good lesson. Flush it and move forward. Too much talent on this team. Getting at home back soon seems to be like it'll be seems like it'll be pretty important. Zuby said all that. He said all that. He said all that. All right. He, he um, wants to show. <laughs> I uh, do you think that uh, a game like that would rush someone like at home back into the lineup, perhaps sooner than he's uh, than he's comfortable, or sooner than he would be normally? They'll play it safe, Astrads. Like there's no reason to be goofy about this. I would say. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you, you've got to, you need this guy, you know, for the, for the whole year. There's a much of the year he's, he's healthy, but to rush him back as a knee jerk reaction to a, a, just an absolute mess of a game, I think would be short-sighted. I think they want to make sure when he's a hundred percent, he comes back because you want that healed because you want it flaring up every couple months and then flaring up again and flaring up again. Cause they can, you know, those, those little muscles, are, they're very frustrating, whether it's a groin or hip flexor or back, whatever it is. If you don't let it heal properly and 100% get over it, it can become a lingering problem, and that's what they don't want. They want this guy when he comes in, he's good to go. Spade says, I just hope Campbell doesn't start blaming himself already. Not his fault. Jack Campbell spent a lot of time in the offseason getting his game and his head in order. He'll bounce back just fine from this. You don't put in all that work, have one bad game, and then have it all go to crap. Is it ideal? No. Is he in jeopardy of suddenly a just becoming the same goaltender he was last season. I don't think that's the case either. Strutty, it'll be built in. He'll be prepared for this. I thought his body language was pretty good. You know, yeah. honestly, I thought it was pretty healthy. I didn't think it did to me. It didn't look like a guy who was beat or, or beaten down. Right. I think I thought he looked pretty positive. Like he skated out even before the goalie Skinner got there. I thought he skated out pretty hard. Like I, I liked it. I liked his game. Uh, sorry. I liked his response to the game he had. And I, uh, I don't think there'll be, I think it'd be really, really quick if that changed on them that quickly. Uh, Jerry Mancini says, I think the biggest mistake was the optional skate this morning. Whoever decided that was out to lunch. <laughs> a lot yeah. of them are optional now, right? A yeah. lot of them are optional. I, I, yeah. You can't get too much in that. I mean, you know, a lot of players like skate. Some don't like to skate, right? Whatever you need. I mean, it's it, it, did the whole team decide they're just going to lay an egg tonight because they didn't skate or only five of them skate or whatever? Like, I just don't, I, I don't know. I have a hard time. Envisioning that being a problem with this group. Agreed. 
Boba Fett says the uh, D had trouble making passes D to D and turn the puck over continually in their own zone. Yeah, you talked about that earlier, Craig. Yeah, they weren't smooth at all, right? No, I I think, well, Van had a really good... Vancouver looked way faster than I thought they looked last year. Now, I don't know that they changed a lot of their players. Maybe it's systematic, the way they got in there. So I think they're moving way better and getting in on the orders and making it hard for them. Um, But, you know, I talked a little bit about that, like those exchanges between Nurse and Bouchard and others, like... It's just got to be. It's got to be on the tape. So this, if you pass a slow pass to your partner on a D to D, or it's in his feet, it doesn't allow him to get that puck and now move it to somebody else quickly. And when you don't move it quickly, now someone else is on you. and They can take the puck away from you. So everything's got to be hard, clear, and clean passes to try to get that puck going out as quick as they could. And they were none of those things. Uh, not really anywhere on the ice, but definitely the D were uh, under pressure and having a tough time. I was not D-friendly in my note-taking here, Strads. I'll kind of show you the system. <laughs> I, actually, I actually take notes yeah. on the iPad during the game. And so I mark little little things here and there after goals and mistakes and such. So you'll get a kick out of this. You'll think I'm just a, a forward pounding on the D-men here. The one nothing goal, Garland. I've got 27 fishing for a pass. So that would be Brett Kulak. The 2 nothing goal, Besser. Two loses the corner battle. I don't think you can argue that one. No question. Three nothing. Basser uh, rebound. CC caught watching, not taking his man. So I, <laughs> I had a D man there. Four nothing yeah. was off the leg. Whatever. Five one screen point shot. Six one lucky bounce. Seven one shot from out distance. And then the eight one goal. Bouchard on a two on one where he faded over to take the pass away and then didn't tie up a stick or a man and just let a guy go. Yeah. So I got four there that are, I'm pointing straight at D-men going primary mistake. Yeah. Typical forward. But I think the one also we can tell, I think it was Besser's seventh goal, or the, the <laughs> his fourth goal, goal yeah. where Broberg and Bouchard covered the same guy and left Besser open by himself, right? So, um, yeah, they're, they're, it, 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 to be fair to the D, oftentimes when the forwards aren't doing what they need to do, it does kind of, fall back on you and then all the pressure is put on you right so i'm not i'm not saying that they're not accepting or shouldn't accept the part of the blame they should have wear it but there's a much better brand of hockey than we saw out of those guys on a bright note they need an area pretty good fight uh two big guys going at it i like i like that i thought that was a a good time to make that happen for for vinny yep not going to complain about that uh a couple more here steve yeah, it's Boba late. Fett. Uh, Boba Fett said uh, Vancouver's fast and tenacious on the forecheck. The oil D was overwhelmed. Slow yeah. thinking and continual turnovers. We've heard all that before. Uh, K Wadi uh, says uh, Vega showed the league the formula to beat us. Everyone's going to use it like today. Yeah, um, I wonder, Strutty, like trying to figure out the, the formula for McDavid and Drysaddle, right? What's the right way to play against them? I think having a combination of mobile and big defensemen definitely helps. We know Vegas had that. Not everybody can just magically conjure that up. But nobody's sleeping on the Oilers. Nobody has been for a really long time here. And there has been a formula laid down that has been shown to be able to, to handle this team. And I think Vancouver did a pretty good job of that tonight. Well, I, I really think when you have a hard forecheck, I think it keeps the orders off balance and they're not yeah. able to get out of their end as easily, right? But that's true of any team. Like, it's not just against the orders. That's Anytime you have a hard forecheck that works, it, it, it makes it harder for the other team like, to get out of their zone. Um, but, you know, I, I like I said, I, I thought Leon, he had a lot of those cross-ice 
neutral zone passes. And then, you know, sometimes they connect. But to me, it tells you you're not attacking up the ice as quick. And let's get up the ice quick, move it up or, or carry yourself, drive that puck wide and play that half zone offense that I think really works and kind of grinds down the other team and now puts pressure on their D rather than them kind of standing at you up at the blue line because of a, a diagonal cross ice pass to the neutral zone. All right. That was Ask Us Anything brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. All we got left, Struddy, is the gem of the day brought to you by United Sport and Cycle. They have expert advice for every sport. That's because their store, it's full of passionate sports fans. Go check it out. Strike up a conversation with one of them. They'll just talk your ear off because they love it. Volunteers, coaches, athletes ready to help you with everything you need for the sport you love. Check out why they're Edmonton's favorite location for everything sports. Visit www.unitedsports.ca. This is not the gem of the day, but it is worth revisiting again. Jay Woodcroft on what the hell happened. Bottom line is uh, we were at a preseason level of work ethic and a preseason level of execution, all of us. And um, we got a lesson in regular season work ethic and regular season battle level. And There you go. We got a lesson in regular season work ethic and regular season battle level. Some good honesty there from Jay Woodcroft. Not the gem of the day, I'm guessing, though. Struds, what do you have? I'm staying with Jay, though. I have got to go up to the comment that, that he made about Dylan Holloway. It just, it really, it irks me. We talked about Dylan Holloway, you know, he loved his energy and sacrificed his body and quote unquote, a positive play. I just, that one, I can't let that one go. Um, I understand what he's trying to say and he likes to see it from a guy, but in the 7-1, I think it was at that point, there's no need to be putting your hand out to block a shot. Stay lined up with it, kids. Let it hit you where the equipment is, not your bare hand. I thought for sure, me saying the words, Keep on smashing <laughs> that love button. Would be the camera. Pa- pa- pound that sure. love button. <laughs> yeah, pound. I'm too classy. Too classy to bring that up. Yeah, we would never bring that up. But yeah, pound that love button, folks. Uh, it's it's after midnight. That's a tough so. one. Uh, got you back after dark. Uh, well, listen, people were patient uh, hanging in, and they were patient with us in your audio struds. I know it was frustrating for you, but nice job under tough circumstances. Uh, thanks for your contributions on the stream. By the way, if you're listening on sure. podcast form and you want to play along with our live stream, all you got to do is check us out on YouTube. Go to Got Your Back on YouTube and then subscribe to the channel and click the little bell. And that little bell will mean you'll get an indication every time we're about to start a live stream. And then you can hop in and get in on all of the mayhem as we are doing it live. Thanks to all of our sponsors. And uh, we will be back. Oilers in action again. Oilers and Elks in action on Saturday. So uh, I'm not sure if we're dropping another pod between now and then. But keep an eye on our socials and we'll let you know. 8-1 in the season opener. Oilers. Flat on their faces after one game, but it is just one game. And there's lots of story to be told yet, lots of podcasts to be done. We'll see you on our next one.